Hi everyone, my name is Sofia Huerta and I play professional soccer for the OL Reign and you are listening to Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Yeah. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. This is episode 97, we're creeping up on 100, creeping Ooh. up on crippled, cripple, oh, cripple. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't say anything, triple digit. Let's just fix the handicap pass, man. She just restart. Uh, Nope. We should just restart. Nope. 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 We're, We're going running the with show it. runs We're on with it. Um, oh man, we've got we've got a lot of stuff to go through. Wait, is it a coincidence that handicap passes are blue? No, nah, because sometimes man, red. okay. Oh my <laughs> god. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know what's gonna go on with that. Um Seahawks are in preseason, Mariners are in regular season, Sounders are in regular season, Storm are in regular season, the rain are in regular season. Cracking her in off season. Um, but with that being said, we've got a lot of stuff going on. It's a good time to be a Seattle sports fan. Um, mm, so we have to get into it because otherwise we will be waiting. Um, and we don't want to wait. Uh, so Seahawks preseason, uh, we're starting off on a kind of a down note. Uh, so second week of the preseason, August 21st versus the Denver Broncos, the team would lose, uh, 30 to three. Yes, that is correct. Denver Broncos 30, your Seattle Seahawks three. Uh, your stat leaders for that game would be Sean Mannion, uh, passing 13 <laughs> completed of uh, his 23 attempts, 119 yards, no TDs, no interceptions. Uh, rushing Josh Johnson led with nine carries on 30 yards. Receiving, it was a tie between John Ursua, who we'll get to in a little bit here, yes. and Kate Johnson. Uh, both had three receptions for 34 yards. Uh, tackles, Dwayne, uh, I almost said Dwayne. Jordan Brooks led the tackles uh, for the game with seven total and six solo, and the Seahawks defense did not cause any turnovers. Uh, so getting into the postgame thoughts, obviously we can only talk about so much considering that it's preseason and a lot goes into it. Well, not too much goes into it as a regular season game would. But um, so no Seahawks starters played. You know, with the injury to Benberg Curvin, linebacker depth continues to get concerning. Um, with that being said, uh, is there more pressure on this front office to sign Kajer Wright? You know, because you, you lose a Ben Burkirvan and then you're looking at what Cody Barton starting in that spot. So um, what are we thinking? I mean, is KJ Wright, is it, is it time to pick up the phone and kind of give him effectively what he wants or what are we thinking here? We're going to throw it to uh, Bennett. What are we thinking about the possibility of KJ Wright returning, you know, after the, this last game here? Yeah, you know, I I mean, I think we kind of started a campaign for that. Even last week, we started to talk about the possibility of KJ Wright coming back into um, onto the team as the linebacker core kind of showed that its depth wasn't as impressive as we thought it was. And I think Ben Burkerman getting injured is exposing that concern. Um, so somebody like KJ Wright, who is an instant starter the second you sign him, regardless of how you want to play with Brooks is probably the smartest move possible for the Seahawks right now to compensate for that loss. I know that they are looking at veterans to replace younger players who have been hurt looking at, I don't know if you saw the news about that. I'm sure we'll get to it uh, with Colby Parkinson's injury, looking at replacing yeah. him. Yep. We'll take a look at that in a sec here. Um, but KJ Wright being a viable replacement for Burke Irvin is I mean, it's it's more than covering your bases. You know what I mean? It would be a good move for the team either way, regardless of injury. 
And, you know, I, I would hope it's just a matter of time at this point, but we've seen some interesting decisions by this front office in the past. Uh, so at the end of the day, we just have to kind of wait and see what happens. Um, cuts are coming up here. Uh, we'll get to that also in a second, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like with uh, BBK going down, um, it becomes an issue. And I know that some outlets said, oh, he was a backup and he was only on special teams. But at the end of the day, uh, like Amari and I have talked about earlier today, I mean, linebacker, depth, depth everywhere is huge, especially considering, you know, nobody goes through an NFL season. No team goes through an NFL season completely healthy, let alone now with 17 games. So, um, I, you know, uh, I, I don't know what's going on with there. I don't know what the situation is with that. Uh, same thing with Wayne Brown. I don't know why I don't just pay the man. Um, but I, I, I get, we've got a little bit to go here before week one. So we will see how that uh, sort of changes, how that fluid situation moves. Um, and then the third wide receiver spot. So <clears throat> we haven't seen D. Eskridge yet in the preseason. Hardly saw him through the offseason, uh, through like OTAs and right. like a rookie camp. Um, I mean, if we had to pick somebody, I'm going to start with Omari here. I mean, do you have anybody that you'd look at that third wide receiver spot for? Because, I mean, obviously you got DK and Tyler. That's a given. Correct. I honestly feel like that third wide receiver spot at this point is really just up for grabs. I feel like most likely he's going to end up going to D. Eskridge just because, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. there's got to be a reason that we drafted him. Mm-hmm. At where we drafted him at, so I feel like once we see what he can do and uh, how he performs, I feel like he most likely will fill in at that third wide receiver spot. But also, we're at a point where like a lot of things are uncertain uh, for a lot of positions right now for the Seahawks when it comes to the depth chart. So I feel like anybody can really step up and take that spot away. And like me and you talked about earlier, I mean, preseason is such a big way to go out and show yourself and get yourself a guaranteed contract and be on that 53-man roster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. It's interesting to see what goes on there. Because, um, yeah, again, I mean, you draft, draft Eskridge, what, second round, because we don't, we don't have first-rounders. Um, and that's a guy that, you know, at least if you look at it, uh, on the tape. Uh, he's a fast guy. I mean, a, a bit undersized, but he's a guy that, you know, you'd think would flourish in the Shane Waldron offense. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it, you have to see these things come into play. Uh, I mean, you can't just draft a guy that high and think it's going to be a given. I mean, if, just look at Malik McDowell, uh, who, I mean, he, it looks like he's making a comeback with the Browns here, but um, yeah. So, It'll be really interesting to see how that goes because, I mean, in year, years past, it's been David Moore, you know, who's now right. a Panther. Uh, Freddie Swain, I think, is still in that mix, potentially. Uh, but I think, like Omari was saying, at the end of the day, it's got to be up to D. Eskridge. Uh, Bennett, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it really depends on do we have uh, D. Eskridge um, kind of coalescing from his injury and seeing how that turns out. I think this is the first week he's been off the PUP list, and I'm pretty sure – Pete Carroll's adamant that he's going to play next week. Um, we'll see. Do we call him D. Eskridge? That feels weird. Well, he said on Twitter that he prefers D over Dwayne. Yeah, I was about to say um, that's his that's his Twitter handle. I know that. Well, yeah, he's, he 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 said he liked that better. All right, we'll go with D then for sure. Um, but I think honestly, heir apparent to me 
if 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 DX Ridge DX Ridge, man, it's a hard word to get out immediately, isn't ready, I think Freddie Swain is not a bad pick. I think Penny Hart is also not a bad pick. Um, both those guys had some action last year. Both those guys proved well enough to be. Um, not, I, I wouldn't say mainstays, but reliable fallbacks if David Moore wasn't ready for a game. I know Penny Hart literally only has, what, like a catch, but he's still on the team. I think it would be nice to see him get more involved considering um, considering we've kept him on the team for two years now. And uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Freddie Swain get more involved too. He had that, uh, I think he had one touchdown last year. Might have had Ooh. two actually. But Swain? I think he, huh? Who? Swain. Uh, yeah, I think he had like two or three. Yeah, I think he actually, I mean, I think Swain is obviously the more promising product over Hart. So either of those two, again, and this is just a what if situation. What if DS Ridge isn't ready for the season? Uh, both Either of those two wouldn't be terrible choices. Obviously, I'd favor Freddie Swain above Penny Hart. But I would like to see S. Ridge because I think he complements Tyler and DK a little better than either of those two. Yeah, so that'll be something to watch too. Like like we've been saying, you know, there are some position battles that need to be decided, and that's what happens for a preseason. Um, and also too, like I believe Bennett talked about last week or in a prior week, um, you know, with cut days, you never know what guys are going to be there and who you might be able to give a chance to um, after cuts are made to the fifty-three men roster. So. Um, some things to look out for as we head through preseason. Um, injury news, as we were talking about, wide receiver John Ursua tore his ACL. He is out for the season. Uh, so it's it's kind of a tough situation there considering, you know, he's been out with injury before and hasn't really stuck. I think he's got one catch in his career uh, in the regular season, and that was against the 49ers to bring the Seahawks down to the one-yard line in that Week 17 game. Um so that gets tough, you know. Uh, linebacker Ben Burkirvin tore his ACL, as we've been talking about, out for the season. Uh, safety Ryan Neal had, had an oblique strain. Center Ethan Posich could be back in practice this upcoming week. Um, his injury to the hamstring has kind of left that position up for grabs. Uh, wide receiver D. Eskridge has a chance to play this week. That's a chance. That's no guarantee. But that'll be something to watch as we head into week three of the preseason here uh, and still continue the approach to the regular season. Team notes, uh, safety Jamal Adams signed a four-year, $70 million deal. He gets his money. He gets paid. Uh, we lock our safety down until the year 2026. Uh, it makes him the highest-paid safety uh, in the NFL. Uh, I believe it's $2 million more than Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos. Uh, the deal has the potential to reach $72 million, uh, and $38 million of that deal is guaranteed. So good to see that. Um, just a quick thought. Um, what do we think about the contract? You know, is it too much? Is it just right? Uh, is it too little? What are we thinking? Uh, let's start with uh, Omari first. Honestly, he wanted to be the highest paid. Now he is. Hmm. And he got what he wanted. And I feel like he earned his pay. I feel like he earned his keep. I feel like it was well-deserved on his part. So it honestly just seems perfect to me. Obviously, in any situation where you're trying to have cap space and have all the players you need, you don't want to have to toss up that much money. But, you know. He's a player that definitely deserved it. Well, and two, just the leverage he had, whether it was, you know, having the sacks last year and playing so many different spots, as well as the leverage of being traded for two first rounders. 
that's right. going to put pressure on you. And I would have hoped that this deal would have been done sooner, even maybe, you know, with the, uh, with the trade, but obviously it doesn't happen. Uh, Bennett, your thoughts. Well, you know, that's like, this is the funny thing about NFL contracts, right? You never know if you overpaid until you start seeing them produce or not produce. Um, based off of what we saw from him last year, it's fair to say that this contract might be right in the wheelhouse of what you pay for somebody producing like that. Um, and, and we talked about this before. Contracts do not necessarily dictate quality of player. They dictate importance to the team. And I, mm-hmm. I think that those two things are different. He is an extremely important set piece to this team. And it goes beyond just the fact that he can get stacks. It goes beyond the fact that he's just a great tackler. It goes to the fact that sometimes we do need linebacker help. And he can play that linebacker position, you know, the in-between safety and linebacker extremely well. He plays the middle box extremely well as well. He is a very versatile player. I don't want to say he's a Swiss army knife on defense because I think that's belittling, not belittling, but I think it's reductive. But the contract makes sense on paper. It's all about this next season now. If he plays like garbage, if he isn't able to keep up this production, then perhaps we can look back and say, my goodness, we overpaid that guy. But as of right now, I tend to say that he does deserve the contract. He needs to now play to his contract and uh, make sure that the Seahawks feel justified in shelling out that much money. Because especially like Omari said, we are in a time where we need money. Like we need money to play to pay the players who are either just as or arguably more important for the team. Somebody like Dwayne Brown. So it, it, it all is something that we'll see in the future. And of course, hindsight's twenty twenty on a lot of things in football. But right now, I'd say it makes sense. Um, yeah, to that point, like you said, with these contracts, it's, um, it's all about what happens next. So many of these guys, uh, what's his name? I don't think it's Albert Hainsworth. Uh, a guy at D-Tackle, I believe it was for Washington, a long time ago signed this huge deal and then just i don't even think he finished out his career um yeah and i mean don't get me wrong you can sniff out a bad contract like if it's obviously bad kirk cousins signing that marquee blockbuster contract was just i mean felt wrong uh from the start this doesn't raise any red flags to me even in the same wheelhouse when you pay somebody like the new record or whatever people always raise their eyebrows at that but but honestly it's just the way the league is moving where there's more and more celebrity players and there's mm-hmm. more and more players who are going to be name recognition and production's going to go up because the league is always changing so i i just yeah i i agree with you there's sometimes you can see a contract that's like huh i don't know about that one well, and then to that point, I looked it up. Uh, Albert Hainsworth had a productive 2018 campaign. I mean, 2008 campaign, pardon me. Um, but, I mean, just looking at the numbers of this contract that he signed are ludicrous because I don't know if there's anybody. I mean, there's maybe a, 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 like a handful of guys that I'd signed to this contract, but outside of it, it's just ridiculous. Uh, after 2008, Washington football team signed Albert Hainsworth to a seven-year. So just take seven. Just take that. We're already looking at seven. A hundred million dollar contract. <laughs> that is 
probably one of the worst contracts I've ever heard of. Uh, and I can guarantee you, you yes. That's funny. So, um, continuing, uh, six, no, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It was seven. Uh, seven Seahawks made the NFL top 100. Technically, one of them is a free agent right now, but for last year, uh, 2021, the, um, well, 2021 season, uh, 2020, 2021 season, um, six Seahawks, seven Seahawks made the NFL top 100. The NFL top 100 is as voted on by the players. Um, so Quandre Diggs, Tyler Lockett, KJ Wright, Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, DK Metcalf, and Russell Wilson were all voted into the NFL top 100. Uh, Russ was number 12 on mm-hmm. the list, um, the highest one on that list for the Seahawks. Um, it's nice to see the players get recognized. Uh, but in the day, I, I mean, I think it's just another thing like the Pro Bowl. There's not that much merit to it. It doesn't matter that much. Um, but it is interesting to see how the league feels about some of our guys. Um, and interesting to see. Yeah, um, I think I, I almost like the top 100 more, though, because it's like it shows how much respect the players have for certain uh, others in the league. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm, I don't know. It's always nice. Uh, it's always nice to see Russell make top 20, you know, just mm-hmm. because I, I think he definitely is a top 20 player in the league. So it's nice that the uh, players recognize that as well. I just think it's crazy that DK Metcalf was really seen as like 22. I thought that was generous. Right? Okay, thank yeah. you. Thank you. I was like, like no way. I knew he was going to be top 50 because, you know, he is a top 50 player in the league, I think. But I was much much more expecting him mid thirties, maybe even early forties, dude. Yeah, like, I, exactly. I was not expecting that. Like to me personally, I saw Chuck this earlier. Like he's probably like in my top fifteen of wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So it's just weird for me to see him in twenty two when there's like so many. There's like there's twenty two positions on the field. <laughs> Think about that. That means he's better than every single like top person at the position. Pretty much, like like it just doesn't make sense to me for him to be at twenty two. It doesn't make sense for him to be at twenty two. And I understand that, you know. Um, like, truck, be real. Do you really feel like he's the like if you had to rank the top twenty <laughs> second? No, yeah, exactly. Like I'm a Seahawks fan. I mean, I when like I think about things like this, I think of I, I have the issue that I think about the uh, like the potential too, and that's obviously not what the NFL top one hundred is about. It's about no. that year, you know. Because like me and Amari were talking about, I mean, the, the potential is all there for DK Metcalf physically, you know, speed-wise. I mean, I mean, work ethic as well, you know. So that's all there. But it, 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 obviously it's about that. Year. And I, you know, if I had to sit down and make a list, I don't know, you know. So I can completely understand that. And Julio it's just, Jones was 29. Yeah, that's – well, I don't know. But he, he didn't – yeah, no, like we know how good he is. But last year, I, I get that. I get that. It's about the year. Like yeah. Overall, obviously not, but for the year, definitely that makes sense. But I don't know. Um, you also look at it, and you know Russell Wilson. I mean, and Lamar Jackson. Uh, they both fell pretty darn far, right? Uh, but I mean, I have a hard time with it. I mean, as much as I like the top one hundred, I also do have a hard time with it, just because having DK that high, is he just riding the hype off of his sophomore year being that good? Mm. It's hard to say because 
yeah, Russell's always going to be recognized as a top 20 talent, but there are some people who are going to be like flashes in the pan. I'm not saying DK is that. I'm saying this this ranking feels a little gratuitous. It's just interesting to Bro, see. Bro, he's that. ranked higher than Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Like, come on. He's ranked higher than like a lot of he's people. He's ranked higher than Wagner. Aaron Jones. He's ranked higher than Joey Bosa. He's ranked higher than Quentin Nelson. Yeah, screw Joey Bosa. I'm not a Joey Bosa Bro. guy. I'm, not a, I'm a Quentin Nelson fan. But, um, no, they're terrible people. Oh, well, okay. I don't know anything about Joey. But where is that? Question. Oh, I, Brown I got him. Ranked yet, right? uh, I don't think he's going to rank. He didn't really no, have that explosive this season. Oh, wait, that's right. He was he had a bad season. Mm-hmm. He's ranked higher than Mike Evans. That nah, he's ranked I, higher I than that. I can he's ranked higher that. than George Kittle. He's ranked higher than Mika George Fitzpatrick. Kittle, uh, he's ranked that... higher than Keenan Allen. Who was the name before Keenan Allen? George Kittle. No, you said someone after that. Uh, Mike Evans. No, I thought there was somebody else. Regardless, um, we got to keep it moving. Um, Bro, it's just, come on. He's ranked higher than AJ Brown. Hey, he all right. 62. Hey, 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 hey. We got to keep moving. Okay. Um, That's who I was thinking of. We're still, in, we're still in Seahawks land. We got to keep it going. Uh, the team hosted defensive tackle Geno Atkins for a visit. He recently cleared, uh, was cleared from his offseason shoulder surgery. He is a 33-year-old. Uh, it's been in his entire career to this point with the Bengals since being drafted by them in 2010. Two-time first-team All-Pro, uh, one-time second-team All-Pro honors, eight-time Pro Bowler, uh, would reunite with uh, Carlos Dunlap if that were to happen and would add some depth at the D-tackle position, you know, because, I mean, outside of Puna Ford and Brian Monet, I mean, who else are we looking at at D-tackle? Um, any ideas pop into either of your minds? I mean, I think I think it's kind of Puna's Puna's the lead guy at D tackle right now. Um, sure, but it never hurts to have you know a little more depth. You you look at right behind Puna Ford and Al Woods, you know, the left and right. Uh, although you know we could also have the nose formation. We don't know what type of you know defense we're going to be running into tomorrow or not tomorrow this season. Um. Brian Mooney is good. Benson Mayoa, I'm not super sold on. Oh, I think it's Al Woods. I think Al Woods is the other DT. Yeah, so I, I would take Geno Atkins there in a heartbeat. I think I it just said depends. Benson Mayoa, he's a D-tackle. My bad. He's I a D-end. Um, Miles Adams, it's just like these guys, I, I would trust Geno Atkins in a heartbeat above any of these other fellas. Um, yeah, no. That being well, said, do I to think be fair, Miles Adams made two tackles in the preseason a game against the Broncos. Woo-hoo! But do I think it's an impending signing? I think it's not as impending as some people think. I just wonder what kind of money he wants to command right now. That is exactly my thought, and that's always what it comes down to. Uh, he's not going to. He's not going to play for veteran minimum. I mean, well, uh, he's old. I don't know. He's I wonder. I wonder. I wonder what uh, other teams might offer him. Because I mean, until this point, I don't know if I've seen a. John Cena. If I've seen him being brought in by another team for a visit, so well, it's that'll I be think something. He just got cleared. Yeah, just yeah, pretty recently. So we were the first to. So they're like, all right, come on in, Gino. Come take a visit. Ooh, that would be two Genos on one team. Yeah. Um, speaking of visits, uh, you know, remember Luke Wilson? He visited the Seahawks. <laughs> uh, he was drafted by us in 2013. Has had three since with Seattle. Uh, you know, with the injury to Will uh, Kobe Parkinson, 
uh, teams looking at depth, obviously, because I mean, right now it's Gerald Everett and Will Disley are those two guys that are healthy right now. Um, and, you, and you obviously want somebody to be the third there. So that'll be something to watch to see if we get another Luke Wilson run um, at the tight end position this year. Uh, roster moves. So Tuesday, the day this is going to come out, uh, the NFL has to, all the rosters have to be at 80. And to get to 80, uh, the Seahawks place linebacker Ben Burke Kervin and wide receiver John Rasua on injured reserve and waived quarterback Alex Magoo, defensive tackle Cedric Lattimore, and tight end Dominic Wood Anderson ahead of that roster cut deadline. Uh, so we're at 80 right now. And, you know, to think about in, you know, two short weeks, we'll be all the way down to 53. So uh, that's, it'll be interesting to see who gets cut and what happens with that. Um, league news. We've got two pieces of information here. One's a former Seahawk and one is a Seahawk opponent coming up here. Uh, Terrell Owens is eyeing an NFL comeback. The 47-year-old, this is air quotes now, ex-Seahawk. It's got to be fake. It's got to uh, be fake. No, this is real. Oh, wants an NFL team to give him a chance. This is a direct quote from Terrell Owens too, Bennett. Uh, he said, I'm not washed up. Um, Owens last <laughs> played in the regular season in 2010. Um, he He's played with us up. in the preseason in 2012. Uh, he last played with the Bengals in 2010. Um, I, I just don't know. I don't know, man. 47 years old. Uh, he was only part of the preseason roster for the CX, as I said, not played really since 2010. I don't know if anybody gives him a chance. I, I don't know if he would take this roster spot over a younger guy right now. So interesting to, he, to know, hear that. I feel like Tebow ruined. I feel like Tebow ruined his chances. <laughs> I feel like if Tebow made it. Me... You asked me that question of who's going to be the third wide receiver a little premature because I'm betting all my chips on Terrell Owens. And with that being said, Bennett's been kicked off. Again? Uh, no more Man. Bennett. Just... Bennett's been sent to Solidary Island. It's just me and Omari now. Do I, do I put him in a breakout room? or? <laughs> what? No. no. Oh, um... no, actually, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, my bad. Bennett's my bad. gone. We're going to pretend like he doesn't exist. Um, and then looking to week one against the Colts, uh, Carson Wentz is confident that he will start in the season opener against Seattle, despite the foot surgery that he recently underwent, hey. stating that you, I played through a lot worse. Are you laughing at his injury right now? No, I'm laughing at the fact that he thinks he can, like, He's laughing at his that. confidence. Come on, man. That, that's not confidence. That's foolhardiness. No, honestly, it's kind of stupid to me. I was going to check this earlier. It's like, bro, you can go at least two, three weeks without playing. Yeah. Like, it is okay. Especially with the extra week in the regular season now. It's not like... Yeah, you guys got a good run game. Honestly, Easton's not looking terrible. Like, well... Just... Didn't Easton go out and throw a pick six? Like, hey, that no. was like the first thing he did. We got to encourage them to start him, right? I agree. <laughs> like, bro, you're not... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand his thinking here because you know part of his battle throughout his career has been staying healthy and you know why rush out there and you know risk the chance of just going out there and screwing it up all again and then putting yourself in another setback so i don't really understand that um but uh, it'll be interesting to see who you know comes out as qb1 against the seahawks in week one uh, down in indianapolis we know all great quarterbacks. Uh, all great quarterbacks are born in Lake Stevens, Washington. So, 
correct. Skinny QB, Jacob Eason. Um, I wouldn't say skinny QB. That's his Instagram <laughs> oh. handle. Um, looking into next for the Seahawks, they take on the Los Angeles Chargers at home August 28th for the third and final preseason game of the year before heading into the regular season. Uh, getting into the Mariners here. Um, the Mariners started a three-game stretch against the Texas Rangers down in Arlington on August 17th. They would win that game 3-1. to one. Uh, Player of the game would be def- – I, I always say – whenever I see DH, I always start with defensive for some reason. Uh, designated hitter Luis Torrens with two hits a run in an RBI. August 18th in the second game of the series, they would win by a similar score of 3-1. to one. Uh, This time, player of the game would be third baseman Kyle Seager with two hits, one run, and two RBIs. August 19th at the Rangers to finish out the series in the sweep. The Mariners would win 9-8 to eight in extra innings, 11 innings. Um, it was hard to pick because there were two good uh, performances in this game, but I went with uh, Mitch Hanniger uh, at the DH spot with two hits, three runs, three RBIs, and a walk. Really kind of lit it up there in that offensive explosion. Um, then the team traveled over to Houston to play the Astros in the three-game stretch. Uh, they would lose the first game 12-3. to Not the prettiest thing. Um, there's an uglier one, so hold yourself. Mm. Um, player of the game for that one would be Ty France with three hits, two runs, and an RBI. Uh, August 21st, remember when I said it gets ugly? The team would lose 15-1 to um, behind the Astros getting a six-run fifth inning. Uh, player of the game would be right fielder Mitch Hanniger with a solo home run being the only offense that was relevant to the Mariners that game. Really not Logan Gilbert? Hey, man. <laughs> Logan's Logan's thing is getting that uh, getting his secondary pitch because, you know, you can you cannot just, I mean, I like the guy a lot, you know, but you cannot just rely on the overpowering fastball all the time. It becomes you can be issue. a fastball pitcher, I mean, don't get me wrong, but you cannot be only. Super dependent. Hey, uh, he can't be only a fastball pitcher. Um, yeah. So that he he hasn't had the easiest couple outings, uh, last few outings. Um, and then to wrap up the series against the Astros, the team would win on the twenty second of August, six to three. Uh, play of the game would be for me. It was Kyle Seager with one hit, run, run, three RBIs, had the lead extending three run homer in the top of the eleventh. Um. Hi, Kyle, man. Something about Kyle Seager playing in Texas. Some different. Not always just uh, Arlington. Some in Houston as well. Um, and then August 23rd, the night that they were recording this, uh, at the Oakland Athletics in the first two-game stretch, the team would beat Oakland 5-3 uh, to uh, behind mostly, well, to tie it up, excuse me, uh, Ty France, one hit, one run RBI, a solo shot in the top of the ninth inning to get the offense going to tie the game up at three to three uh, then it would be of all people it would be jake bowers to get the two runs to go ahead and then eventually give the manners the lead and the win um i, I said some bad things about jake but <laughs> you know i um, i never dislike jake bowers really I'll, I'll put that out there this is the one this is the one guy i didn't shell on who's now doing great so everybody else on the Mariners, it seems that whoever I like shelled on is now doing fantastic. And whoever you I was praising the roster is doing mediocre. So 
and it is a bad sports analysis. <laughs> uh, apparently, dude. Hey, listen. Unlucky, no. If you talk to anybody at the start of the season, they would have said Marco Gonzalez was going to do better than Chris Flexen. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you on that. Um, so continuing into Player of the Week, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it started. I, I think that if you're looking at number wise, it's hard to pick anybody other than Ty France at first base. Uh, over the past week, in 24 at bats, he had 10 hits, six runs, one double, three homers. Well, wait a minute. Let me. Does this account into this current game? I'm not. Uh, it does not. Okay. Well, this is just before the game tonight against Oakland. Uh, Six runs, a double, three homers, seven RBIs, 20 total bases, a walk, a 417 average, a 423 on-base percentage, an 833 slugging percentage, and a 1.256 on-base plus slugging percentage. Ty's been lighting it up, both offensively and defensively as well. I'm not 100% sure on where he stands in the defensive side of the ball right now, but I know last homestand he was had a 1,000% uh, fielding percentage, highest zone rating in the AL among first basemen uh, and most runs defensive runs saved amongst uh, AL first basemen. So um, it's not just the offense. He's been on the defensive side as well. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find it here, but Bennett, uh, this 995 this week, nine, nine, five. That's still pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, Bennett, your player of the week for this last week. I'll uh, just to be different. I'll go with probably uh, Kyle Seager. I think he's had one of the better hitting weeks that um, you could appreciate from Mariner for a while. He has the most RBIs from the last week, barely edging out France by just one, um, and tied him in home runs as well. It's just his batting average is not nearly as good as France's. Uh, Kyle is kind of old reliable and especially when, again when we play in Texas he's just a different guy so it, it's always good to see him play like that Texas Kyle is just something else and uh, this that continued to be true this week I thought that he played a pretty good showing um, just just a solid seven games for, or seven days of games for him uh, yeah I, I'm a sucker for Kyle Seager. Everybody knows I'm a sucker for Seager. So it's good to see him continue to play pretty well. The team now sits at a 68-58 and 58 record, third in the AL West still. They are just two games behind Oakland in the wild card race, uh, three behind Boston. So as we continue on here, every game matters. And yes. uh, winning series is just kind of the big deal. It's you know, I, If you keep winning series, I mean, you're not yeah. going to sweep everybody. That's not going to happen. The only question I want to pose to you, I want to bounce a question back to you. Um, if there's one player on the team who you'd love to see do better right now, who is it? Going into these last couple games, of, or the last dozen, multiple dozen games of the season, what is one player you'd love to see either turn it on or turn it back on? Um, I mean, we could, I could throw it too, but I guess if I have to pick, I'd say you say. You say hasn't really... I mean, since uh, I think the since his start before the All Star break, and since then, he's kind of struggled. Um, Cutter hasn't been as effective, 
And I mean, you could say the same thing about Logan Gilbert. Logan has not, has been too reliant on the fastball. I know he's got a curveball. I know he's got a slider, but just they haven't been effective, obviously. And they're not pitches that he's been trusting. Um, so if, if you can get one of those guys to, you know, eat up innings and, you know, kind of return to form in a way, that would be huge going down the stretch, considering that you're going to play offenses like Oakland, like Houston down the stretch. Boston's coming to town here soon. So, you know, that'll be – it would be nice to see one of those guys do that. Tyler Anderson – I'm not saying this is a guy who needs to bounce back. I'm talking about just in general. Tyler Anderson has, uh, you know, for a guy that was kind of just brought in to eat innings and be another – a fifth mm. starter, he hasn't performed badly at all. Not I at mean, all, no. giving up the two runs a game isn't necessarily a bad thing, you know. So um, it's been nice to see that from Mr. Anderson there, uh, not to reference the Matrix or anything. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, if I had to pick, I'd say you say. I, it would be nice to get that his return to form back um, from earlier this season. For me, I think I'd have to say Mitch. I, 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 he's been, yeah, I was teetering on that. He's been consistently slowing down this entire season post-June. I won't even say post June. I'd probably say post May. Like he's just had a consistent struggle at the plate. It seems he 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 improved himself in June and July, but lately he just has not been able to turn it on, and it it it's it is hurting the team in in a couple of ways. Just because he is supposedly one of your most reliable bats, right? And now he's going out there and even in the last seven days was one of your most inconsistent hitters. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'd love to see him get his strikeout count down. I know he hasn't been getting multiple in a game, but I mean, against the blue Jays, he did. And uh, it's hard to, it's hard to validate somebody like him doing this poorly. It's hard to explain it. So hard, hard to say. And yeah, I, no, and I hope he like you said, soon. it would be nice to have that back. I mean, what because of what? Uh, does he lead the team in homers right now, or is it Kyle? Because I think uh, Kyle's Kyle Seeger does now with twenty something. I think thirty-two. Oh no way! He has something um, like that. He's gonna beat his own record. Let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Twenty-nine. He's got twenty-nine. Okay, so they're tied. Um, Oh, they are tight. Ooh, home run race, home run race. Um, I mean, if Ty keeps it up, shouldn't no. Um, so yeah, uh, it would be nice to see some of these guys who have had better starts to the year sort of return to form. There, I will uh, say it's injury- just, it, it's okay. Go ahead, go ahead with injury. No, what? Say it. I was just gonna say it's it's a little obnoxious that the Mariners don't have a single player batting above three hundred. I know we're late. creeping up there. I know we're deep into the season, but it's just frustrating that none of us can hit that mark. You know, it's a nice benchmark. And yeah, Ty France is getting there. I'd say he'll be 295, maybe hopefully 300 by the end of the season, if he can keep this up. Um, getting into injury. Um, on August 19th, Justin Dunn was transferred to the 60-day IL, which is not a good sign. Not great. Um, other the uh, injury updates, Diego Castillo's MRI came back better than expected, and it only shows fatigue on his shoulder, so it doesn't seem like an injury that will really hamper him for a long term. Uh, but he still has to go through the 10-day IL stint. 
Um, Justice Sheffield will make at least one more rehab start with the Tacoma Rainiers. Um, but manager Scott Service stated that Sheffield would need multiple rehab outings. Uh, Shedlong Jr. is still receiving input on his right shin stress reaction. The bone is healing fine, but he still wants to see how it is moving forward. Um, and Kyle Lewis, remember him? Um, has upped his on-field work recently, and manager Scott Service is hopeful that he can start his rehab assignment this weekend. So sort of the late August time period that we were seeing for Kyle Lewis seems to be coming into effect. Obviously, that has to continue and play out, but it would be really great to get Kalu back for this stretch uh, for September, you know, as we head into this race uh, moving forward. Um, because I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of putting random guys in left field, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. whether it's Dylan Moore one day or Bowers one day, you know, I, uh, hopefully I would put, you know, Kalu back in center, Mitch in right, and then just shift Jared over to left, you know. So um, getting the team news here on August 17th, the Mariners, Mariners? The Mariners farm system ranked number one for Baseball America. Uh, August 19th, Kyle Seeger tallied his 300th career double joining Edgar Martinez and Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, Edgar has 514 doubles. Uh, Griffey has 341. Uh, and then August, also on the 19th, the Mariners claimed infielder Kevin Padlow from Tampa Bay. Uh, August 20th, right-handed pitcher Johan Ramirez was recalled from AAA Tacoma, and right-handed pitcher Casey Sadler was placed on the paternity list. So congratulations to Marin and Casey on the birth of their second child. Um, what's with Mariners pitchers having kids lately? I think it was Paul Seawald went on the paternity list last week. Now it's Casey. It's kind of funny. Um, August 21st, right-handed pitcher Robert Duggar was recalled from AAA Tacoma, and right-handed pitcher Diego Castillo was placed on the 10-day IL with that right shoulder inflammation that we mentioned earlier. August 22nd, right-handed pitcher Matt Andreas signed to a major league deal. Uh, He's a seven-year veteran, suffered a right hamstring tendonitis in July that turned his hot start to the year upside down. Uh, he will be used in multiple start, multiple spots in the bullpen, but he does have starting experience. He has started games before, so that might be something to watch. Um, and then right-handed pitcher Robert Duggar was designated for assignment uh, to make room for Andres. Um, other notes uh, around the league, uh, the MLB proposed a salary minimum. The league's collective bargaining offer included a $100 million salary floor and would lower the luxury tax threshold to $100 million $180 million. So for reference, the Mariners estimated total payroll is around $94 million for this year. So um, if you didn't know, the Mariners are kind of on the cheap side. Um, and then this one's kind of goofy. Uh, the MLB and WWE are teaming up to launch MLB-inspired WWE championship title belt replicas for all 30 MLB teams in 2022. Um I don't know why, um, but hey, uh, money, I guess. Uh, looking ahead, uh, August 24th, uh, the team finishes out this two-game series against the Athletics the day this comes out. Uh, this, that might be done by the time this comes out. Uh, August 26th to 29th, the team comes home to play a three-game stretch. No, I think it's a four-game stretch. Uh, let me be correct here. One, two, three, four. Yeah, four-game stretch against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, and then August 30th, they play the Astros at home, uh, the beginning of that series, a three-game series there. 
getting over to the Sounders here, August 18th at FC Dallas. The team would win one to nothing. Uh, player of the game would be Ford Raul Ruiz Diaz scoring the go-ahead goal just 12 seconds after being subbed on in that game. Um, getting three points against Dallas, different than the last time we played Dallas where they equalized late. Um, the Sounders are now unbeaten in the MLS era on Brian Schmetzer's birthday. Uh, they beat Vancouver in 2012 and LA Galaxy in 2018. Um, August 21st against the Columbus crew in Columbus in a rematch of last year's MLS Cup. The Sounders would win 2-1. to one. Uh, This was a wild game because Columbus got their go-ahead goal in the 79th minute, and then the Sounders scored back-to-back in the 88th and 89th minute to win that game in Columbus and shut the fans up. Um, I guess the fans in Columbus were chanting fuck Seattle. So I guess karma came back and bit him in the ass. So very, uh, very fitting to see that happen. Um, for that game would be Javier Arriaga. Uh, he scored one goal on one shot on one shot on target. So the efficiency was through the roof there for Javier. Um, and in the 85.3 pass percentage, uh, injury news. We do have some injury updates for the Sounders here. Um, Nuhu would place, uh, played some time versus Columbus, and Stephen Fry is still not cleared by the team doctors, but is getting very close to returning. Uh, team notes, August 19th, Christian Roldan was voted MLS All-Star captain. So congrats, congrats to Christian for that. He's had a, he has not lost a game this year between national team play and the Sounders, and he hasn't played in those losses. So that's kind of cool. Um, and Raul Ruiz Diaz won Player of the Week for both weeks 19 and 20. That was announced on August 19th. Um, August 20th, Raul Ruiz Diaz called into Peru's World Cup qualifiers. So congratulations to Raul. Um, I believe that the doubleheader on the 29th will be his last game. Um, let's go, Mari. Um, before going into the qualifiers there. Uh, August 23rd, Javier Arriaga was named to the MLS Team of the Week for Week 21, and Jao Paulo was on the Team of the Week bench. Uh, so for records and standings, the Sounders sit at a 12-6-3 record that has 12 wins, 6 draws, and 3 losses. They are number one again in the Western Conference and second in the MLS in total points with 42. Uh, looking ahead, their next match is... Oops, my notes are flying around here. The next match is August 29th versus the Portland Timbers. Uh, in that double header with the rain there. So that is big. Um, if you have a chance to go to that, please do. It's going to be a huge event. It's going to be pretty long too, considering that there's going to be two games going on, but uh, getting into the storm here, storm had a big week, uh, August 18th. They played at the New York Liberty for the first time. Uh, they lost 83 to 79. Uh, both Brianna Stewart and Jewel Lloyd set out of this game um, for rest. Uh, player of the game for that game would be Jewel Lloyd with 35 points. Uh, four rebounds, three assists, and two steals. So, big game for Jewel. Um, August 20th, in the second game against the Liberty on the road, they would win 99 to 83. Player of the game would be Jewel Lloyd again with 29 points, five rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block, and a plus 19 plus minus. August 22nd at the Washington Mystics, um, they were playing Washington um, on the road, and Elena Deladon came back. This game, and she has not played in two years, former league MVP. Um, so that was big, but the Storm were able to win 85 to 78. Uh, played the game would be forward Brianna Stewart with 20 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, two steals, five blocks, and a plus nine plus minus. 
Um, so they come out of that road trip with a two to one uh, record, which isn't horrible, especially considering you're playing the Liberty and the Mystics. Uh, injury news guard Keanu Williams has been dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, team notes, August 16th, Jordan Canada passed Lauren Jackson to move up to number four in franchise history and assists. She currently had, oh, wait a minute. Um, I got to get this number updated. Uh, Jordan, boop, 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 boop. Give me one second. Omari, tell me your favorite fact that you learned in the past month. Yeah, yeah. So the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer dropped, and that's all I can really talk about because mm-hmm. that's all I really know about. But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I like the fact that there's someone at Alabama who goes by Kool Aid. Oh, and, uh, yeah. he's now sponsored by Kool Aid. I think that's kind of cool. And then uh, LSU got the coldest Crawford. That's also gonna be cool. So I don't know. Is he is he with them this year? Yeah, no, he's with. Uh, oh, he, this is this is gonna be his freshman year. But the thing about going to schools like LSU and Alabama is you're not gonna be relevant until like your junior year. No. Um, so. So Kool Aid. Okay. I'm just gonna kind of fire. That's kind of fire. Kool Aid. Like I feel like if I was a college athlete and I got to go to school, I got to pick my nickname. I would probably just go by like Shadow. They were like, what? okay, who just hit him? The Shadow. No, oh, I God. I choose I choose a name whover I wanted to sponsor me. Like, on God, like if I was a top recruit, so hey, bro, I'll go by your name. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I'd be like All Disney right, Plus. Sellout. My name is Disney <laughs> Plus. Disney Plus. Okay. Um, so Jordan Canada is currently at 447 assists as of August 23rd, uh, at number wow. four in franchise history and assists. Uh, August 17th, the matchup between the oh, the news came out that the matchup between the storm and the sky on August 15th. Uh, that was aired on ABC, reached 755,000 viewers, the most for a WNBA regular season game since 2012. Wow. Um, August 19th, the Storm announced that they will celebrate their 2020 WNBA title at the White House on August 23rd. We will get to that here in a second. They were the first team to do it since 2015 when the Minnesota Lynx visited. Um, August 20th, Sue Bird became the sixth player in WNBA history to reach the 6,500-point mark. And then August 23rd, the team visited the White House. Um, and the Storm added Carly Samuelson for the remainder of the season. She is the sister of Katie Lou Samuelson. Oh, no kidding. Um, they last played together this past offseason in the EuroLeague. Uh, Carly's in her third year in the league. Uh, they are the first sisters to play for the Storm in franchise history. So that's pretty cool to see uh, the little sister connection there. Interesting to see what she brings there um, off the bench. Um, so the record for the storm is now 18 and seven. They're second in the West behind Las Vegas with the same record, but Vegas holds the tiebreaker because they have more head to head wins this year. Uh, and third in the league behind both Connecticut and Vegas. Seattle's got to get behind women's basketball. That's got to be a bigger deal. We're third right now and second in the West. That's dope as fuck. And they got four titles. Like, come on. Like, I know it sucks. We don't got the Sonics, but we got to rock with something. Like, we can really get behind the storm because they're really like a whole bunch of champions and they get no support. And it's really just sickening. And I'm part of the problem, too. I'm part of the problem, too. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. But like, we could all do a little bit better because that's dope. I remember I was uh, making the fucking, uh, oops, graphics for uh, something me and Chuck are working on. And I was like, wait, the WNBA games come on Facebook? <laughs> yeah. They. Oh, it's funny you mentioned that because looking ahead, uh, August 24th at the Minnesota Lynx. The game is on ESPN2. August 27th versus the Chicago Sky is on NBA TV. And then August 29th versus Chicago Sky is on Facebook. 
um I think it's like part of it, it's like the fan base. Like we all gotta be better fans. Like we should fuck with the storm just because hey, we're in our city. I mean, we've but been also, doing like this the system, the system on the show for the longest time. So, you know, we've we we we've done our part over here. Um, it's just about trying to spread that and you know, that's why we I mean that's part of the reason that we've got this these guys on the or these women on the show, you know. So um yeah, man. I mean the storm are some of Seattle's best. I mean, I'd say they're Seattle's best because they have the four titles. So Yeah, I was gonna say I think they are Seattle's best because they have more titles than any other team. They have more titles than all the teams we have combined. That's not true. <laughs> what? Are you sure? Mariners I think they have nine. equal. Mariners Seahawks have equal. one. Seahawks one, two. Sounders. Two. Oh wow, yeah. I thought yeah. the Sounders had three. No kidding. No, they have two. Yeah, oh, and then technically the Storm won. have one, right? Or the the Sonics. Oh yes. Well, okay. not technically they did. They won in seventy nine. Yeah. Okay. I so know, but they, they have just as many. <laughs> they combined they just as many. They don't exist. I, I just kicked Omari's us. rainbow. Oh, I'm sorry, Omari. And the fact is, they're probably they have a high chance of winning a championship, right? Like, what are their odds of winning? Like, they probably. I would say their odds are probably higher than them. Seahawks right now. It's it's just about them beating Vegas to get into the finals again. And I mean they've played Connecticut. We already seen them play Connecticut and beat Connecticut. So hey, all I know is I'm about to be rowdy if we make it back. I'm I'm gonna be that fan. I'm gonna be that fan. You're gonna see me everywhere. It'd be nice if we storm. could be. Oh well, you'd be in Chicago. Storm. Uh, it'd be nice storm if we could, five. You know, storm. CSS. Storm in four. CSS. Uh, <laughs> Sweet. Get the broom. At, CSS at the WNBA finals. Yeah, huh? let's get it. Mm. That's, that's the energy I'm feeling right now. Um, that's what I'm feeling. So, I mean, we got to get that first. But uh, continuing on, uh, the rain, uh, August 21st versus New York, New Jersey, Gotham. I know how much you guys love that name. Gotham! <laughs> they oh, would man. win three to two. Um, player of the game would be Megan Rapino on six shots, three shots on target, two goals, one assist, and eight corner kicks. This game was wild because the the rain were down two nothing they get a header late in the second half then they get one penalty kick tied up and i'm like what the hell's going on i'm in the booth i'm like what the hell is going on and then they get another penalty kick and they win the game uh it's and it's wild because the rain the five games they had won before this had all been well no, five of their six wins before this had all been um when they scored first and they didn't score first this game. So uh, it was, it was wild to see. And they beat Gotham who was in third place. Um, and they moved into fourth place in the league. They would have been in third, but Washington beat Orlando and Washington's got a tiebreaker over us. Um, so it's, it's wild. It's been a wild season. These rain have won four of their last five heading into uh, this Sunday's matchup in the doubleheader versus league leading Portland. So that is big. Um, Injury news for that game uh, out were Ali Watt with her right knee injury. And I do have update on that. Ali Watt has been cleared for soccer activity. So that is exciting for her and her recovery. Uh, Rosie White still out with illness. Eugenia LaSummer was out with a concussion uh, last match that she sustained last match. Uh, she should be good to go for Sunday on the 29th. Xenifer uh, Marazon was out, was questionable with a right leg injury. She, she did come in later in the second half and play. Uh, team news, both Megan Rapino and Rose Lavelle will play with the U.S. Women's National Team in four friendlies this upcoming September and October. Two of those matches take place against Paraguay in September, and the other two take place against Korea Republic in October. 
so the team record stands at seven wins, one draw, and seven losses. They are fourth in the league with 22 points. Um, looking ahead, they will play the Portland Thorns on August 29th in the Pacific Northwest doubleheader. The Rain playing the Thorns at 4 o'clock on Lumen Field. And then 7.30, the Sounders play the Portland Timbers at Lumen Field. Um, 50% of the net ticket sales from the Lumen Field Green Zone and other sections in this match will fund a mini pitch on a Tacoma public school campus. It will allow free play and access for kids where this sort of access to play is scarce. So that's pretty cool. Um, tickets, last time I checked, we're starting at $42. Uh, the purchase of a ticket grants you access to both matches. So if you've got the time and you're in the area, it's great to both support the women's soccer, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, as well as hopefully see, you know, the Seattle teams take care of business and kick some Portland ass. So, you know, nothing against Bennett since he's in Portland right now, but, you know, we, we're not fans of the Portland soccer teams around here. Um, yeah, fudge poorly. I like yeah. how I already swore in this episode <laughs> yeah. and you just said fudge. Yeah. Nah, because you know how inconvenient it is to get fudge on you? I work at an ice cream shop. Trust me, bro. It sucks. Yeah, it Mario sucks. would know by firsthand experience. It sucks. It sucks. Oh, fudge <laughs> Inconvenience like crazy. Well, Mario would know, man. You know, he, he 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 does that stuff. So, you know. Professional ice cream scooper, y'all. Come see me at Molly Moons on Capitol Hill. Last two days, Tuesday and Thursdays. Tuesday. What, uh, what time your shift on Tuesday? Uh, From 7 to 12. So, God, if you're in the mood for some damn. late night ice cream. We're open from 7 to 11, and then on Thursday, 7 to 11. Those are my last two shifts there if you want to see me. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, Kraken, uh, in, still in free agency, the team agreed to terms <laughs> with center Alex Wenberg on a three-year, $4.5 million a year deal. Uh, the team agreed to terms with the goalkeeper, Antoine Dubois, on a one-year, $750,000 deal. And the team's top draft pick, Maddie Beniers, uh, will return to Sh- Michigan. I must have Chicago. I must have been thinking about Omari. Will return to Michigan this season alongside his two top five pick teammates in pursuit of a national title. Uh, the Kraken do retain his rights. It just delays his professional career by a year. Um, so that's kind of interesting to see. Uh, it's probably better for Beniers uh, to go back to college that year and get the development just because he more than likely would have been you know, in development this year anyways. Uh, with the Kraken. So, hey, man, good luck. Go win a title. Um, looking ahead, I'm just going to give you a brief preview of when the Kraken are going to play. They place their first preseason game is September 26th versus the Vancouver Canucks. Let's go. Um, and that uh, game. Kraken season. Kraken. Like, hey, man, you keep, up the, keep up the comedy work. You know, I, I support it. Yeah, you might want to stick to the ice cream job, Amari. All right. Hey, pour some fudge on Bennett. Yeah, fudge you. Um, 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 Where is this game? It's hot and sticky. Mm. Oh, this. Oh, yeah. The first preseason (laughs) game will be in Spokane. So, I mean, if you you're a Kraken fan and you're Spokane, man, I mean, I'd go get on top of that. I love how many Kraken fans there already is. And you know what's crazy? Now that I think about this, I've seen more Kraken fans in public than I have Seattle Storm fucking wild not even a like a team yet that's fucking crazy yeah, that's pretty funny i've seen kraken fans in chicago what yes jesus christ people think the logo's cool 
<laughs> no, yeah, that's actually, pretty nice. Actually, I'm gonna, actually, I'm just gonna buy the hat. I went to a store. They said, yeah, the cracking deer actually sells really well. And I'm thinking about like the jersey kind of looks like it's gonna be fire. So, oh no, that's like, gonna sell out. Yeah, that comes so. out on September 15th, bro. But like the storm got four championships already, bro. This makes no sense. This makes no sense. I'm not gonna lie. Hey man, we're doing our part over here. So lie. we're doing, we're doing our part, just... covering our ladies. I got my storm hat on. Covering right now. our ladies? That kind of sounds like the, the team, man. Covering the team. We're done. We're done. That's the show. Cut, it. Cut the episode. Cut the episode. Mari's making weird things now, talking about fudge. Um, so we will be back on August. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. It'll be August 31st will be the next episode. Uh, this comes out on the 24th. Um, man, Seahawks will be in the last week of preseason. Well, Seahawks oh, will have man. wrapped up last week of preseason. Mariners continue on their trek uh, in pursuit of a wild card spot. Sounders continue throughout the regular season. Storm continue throughout the regular season. Rain continue. Uh, that'll be the double. Oh, Sounders and Rain. That'll be the after that double header match on Sunday. Uh, so we we've, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, there's some more stuff coming that you'll see from us here uh, in the coming days. Well, I don't know, coming soon. Um, but yeah, this is uh, it's always fun to do this, uh, and it's always fun when your teams are doing well too. Uh, so <laughs> Bennett. Seahawks. Um. Tell me your favorite obscure Seahawk. Some just some random Seahawk. <clears throat> oh God! Oh God! What was our fullback? He was deaf. Derek Coleman. Derek Coleman, my guy. I think. Did he do something bad? I don't think so. All right, then he's my guy. <laughs> Derek Coleman. All right. Well, I uh, love that, that story being... about how he lost his ring. And then somebody had to call him and be like, hey, I have your ring. <sighs> and he was like, oh. <laughs> oh. Jeez, Derek Coleman. All right. Well, this has been Circling Seattle Sports, uh, episode 97, still creeping up on 100. Uh, so for Charles, myself, Omari, and Bennett, uh, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. I know okay. he, Omari's looking at me. It's scaring me. Say something. Oh, I was just going to say, see you all next Tuesday. Oh, man. Right now, Ben <laughs> has to make a funny noise. Uh, oh, this is awkward. It's my hey, job. Hey, yo. Baba Booey.